This is Drive with Tame Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Derek Piper, Lante. Let's get to the basketball. We've talked plenty about the court proceedings, Terrence Shannon Jr., for good reason. Today was a huge day in terms of the first step in the process of this venture for Terrence and his legal team trying to get the temporary restraining order as Joey Wagner broke down. And as we assumed, the university would defend their process and, and their stance on this as well. We'll see... In the meantime, whether it's hours, days, a week or more, I would imagine if it's supposed to be a expedited decision that it won't be more than that. But yep. until now, until then, I should say, we're waiting in terms of what that decision will be. We do know the results of the Illinois and Michigan State game on the court last <laughs> night, and that being an Illini victory. Tom Izzo, one and four. First time in his career, 29 seasons, has never been 1-4 and four until now in the Big Ten. So that's a big deal. And then for Illinois to continue to hold serve at home, to bounce back after losing to Purdue. And I want to build off of what Joey was talking about there at the end of his segment is that Coleman Hawkins was tremendous last night. And we've talked about his def- defense time and again. I said it recently and I'll stick to it I think that his impact defensively we know we hold Trent Frazier to a high regard as far as what he was able to do at the defensive end I think Coleman Hawkins is just as important as what Trent was and again it showed last night being able to switch on to Tyson Walker being able to switch on to AJ Hogard he guarded Jaden Akins for a few, few possessions he had four blocks he had two steals his activity defensively was so impressive and, oh, by the way, he scored 15 points last night. Yeah, four threes, is that right? Three threes. Three threes. Four for nine from the field, three for five from three, four for four at the free throw line. He scored in double figures in seven straight games. All of a sudden, offensive consistency for Coleman, along with his top-notch defense. It's been a huge part of Illinois not having this huge drop-off post Terrence Shannon. He is playing at an all-Big Ten level. And has all season defensively. And I've seen it all season. I I have said it all season on how he changes the path of a lot of guys that are going in. He's not a big shot blocker, although last night, as you noted, what, four? Four blocks. He doesn't always do that, but he alters shots. And sometimes that's just as important. And the idea that he can get out, it's it's never a mismatch for him, right? If you think about that. There's never a mismatch for Coleman Hawkins. Nobody brings somebody in that can – I mean, Zach Eady's a mismatch for everybody, okay? Can I just throw that out there? So let's put him on an island. The rest of college basketball, there's really no player that is going to mismatch Coleman Hawkins. He can guard a bigger guy. He can – now, you don't want him guarding Walker on a daily basis, I'll be honest, but he has the ability to do that. He's so flexible on that end of the court. And then the other thing is, look how much of a mismatch then he is on the other side. So it's, it's, you're never in a, in a negative with him defensively. A lot of times you're in a positive on the offensive end unless their big man is just going to guard Ty Rogers, which we'll get to in a minute, which worked out very well. And Wade sent a picture earlier with Ty Rogers holding a baby and it's Maddie Sissoko. It was incredible. <laughs> But uh, Coleman Hawkins, even uh, he started it last night. He said, I'm starting the Big Ten Player of the Year campaign right now. 
I don't think there's any doubt. Defensive player of the year. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Defensive player of the year. I don't think there's any doubt he's on that first team. I don't know for a fact if he's the best defensive player in the Big Ten. I haven't seen everybody play yet. But to me, he's on that first team all defensive. He has to be. He's really been good this year. Consistent. No doubt. Whether or not offensively he's been consistent, defensively he's been there every game. There's no doubt about it. I know that a lot of times the defensive player of the year, the voters tend to look at the counting stats. Like they look at the who's leading the league in blocks, who's right, leading the right, league right. in steals. And right now, Cliff Amore, I think three and a half blocks a game for Rutgers. You have in terms of steals, Ace Baldwin, three a game at Penn State. But we are talking about two teams that aren't very good, especially Penn State. They're terrible. Rutgers, as of right now, don't look like a tournament team. So mm-hmm. I, I do think there's something to be said for Coleman is the best defender on one of the best defenses, definitely in the Big Ten, if yes. not in the country. They're top 25 defense. So there's a lot to be said about that. And how many other people, forget just centers, because I know the answer already. I'll just ask it. How many other guys playing the five can switch on to two of the best guards in the Big Ten, Boo Booey and Tyson Walker, and not get just completely toasted? Yeah. There's probably zero. I'd I'd have to really think for a minute. But you could throw four men in there. You could throw a lot of wings in there. It's just that Coleman is so mobile at his size. He's got great length. He just has a way about him in terms of anticipation and, and being a high IQ guy that he's in the right spots. He's, he's active. He's, he's still in his comfort zone when he sees a guard yep. in front of him. Yeah. And I think it'd be natural for a lot of big men to panic and to bite on a certain crossover, or a hesitation or to get caught flat footed or whatever, what have you like, look at what to tie it back to, Ty Rogers, look what Ty Rogers did to Carson Cooper when mm. he just went right by him on the baseline and threw down a huge <laughs> slam. And Carson Cooper looked like he didn't even have time to react. Like he just <laughs> yeah. was still in the same spot. And he's like, oh, those, my feet didn't move. Uh, Coleman's the exact opposite of that. Yes. And while people do wonder, you know, why don't you play Dane more? It, it's just, it's different for Illinois when Coleman's playing the five offensively and defensively. Because on offense, you have the spacing and then defensively, Michigan State kept screening into switches, which Illinois was essentially switching one through five last night, and you're not finding a lot of matchup advantages. Nope. Especially when Coleman is the guy that then, okay, I'm on the, you know, Sissoko set a screen for Hogard, and now I'm on Hogard, or now I'm on Tyson Walker. That's a huge benefit to Illinois to just know that they can – lean on Coleman, and a lot of times that result turns into a good one. Not that I don't want to continue to talk about Coleman, but can I go more of a macro real quick on this game last night? About the 14-minute mark of the second half watching that, I sat there and thought, this has the feel of a Sweet 16 game. It has that feel where neither team is going to take off. You knew at that point there was not going to be any major – 12-0 run that was going to then lead to a blowout on either side. Both teams, I felt, were playing good basketball. Maybe not the highest level, but I think the defense for both teams was solid. I mean, when when guys made shots, Hogard made a shot that hit the very top of the backboard, and and it was a layup, but he used – He had some real high-arcing ones last night. And Marcus Damask, same deal, with the one shot from the right side that – I don't know how he even got it to the rim, but it went in. It just seemed like it was just tough shot after tough shot. They hit a couple of big threes, 
Illinois hit hit some big threes. Harmon hit a big one. Coleman from the corner. That was beautiful to watch. I just got the sense that this felt like a Sweet 16 game. And, it, and at one point, finally, Michigan State overtook Illinois. And I believe it was 48-42. They took their largest lead. I think six points was their largest lead. I could be wrong. And then I thought to myself, well, let's see. Let's see what a veteran team. And do you know, like, the next four points were scored by, like, it was Damask hit a shot, I believe. Gary A made that nice move. In fact, Damask came down and hit a three right in front of the bench, Illinois bench. Mm-hmm. Then Gary A made the nice move where he went in left-handed. That was a sweet-ass move. Then Justin Harmon hits a three from the, from the, uh, in front of the bench, similar. Damask set him up. And then Damask penetrates, draws Ty Rogers' guy, yeah. kicks to Ty for a dunk. So I know that's a younger kid that scored, but a veteran that did that. So essentially, when Illinois was down six... The veterans took over, gave Illinois the lead back, and I don't know that Illinois gave that lead up again. Now, it was close. I mean, they got up by a decent margin in the Michigan State battle back, and Malik Hall, to his credit, had a really good game. He did. And Hogard was really good. And and you said it. Walker early, too. You said it off the air. They were fortunate that Walker went away for about seven minutes. I mean, Michigan State played like a top top 20-ranked team. In that game last night, they didn't. They played like the team that we thought they were going to be coming into the season. And Illinois not only weathered the storm, but but finished it off, got the victory. And I thought it was just kind of neat. If, if if you go back and watch that game, just fast forward to that spot where Michigan State's up like forty eight forty two, and then watch the veterans take over. And that to me is the little things I look at during the season to let me know if my team, in this case Illinois. By the way, SIU's number one in the conference right now, tied. Um, if Illinois got a chance to make a run in March. Last year's team never one time gave me that thought, except that if they somehow got by round one and then just shot crazy, like everybody made every shot, this team, I feel like, can just go win two hard game or two games to get to a sweet to get to a sweet sixteen. And then in a game like that, last night showed me that they can win it. Yeah, that's very well said. I think that it's a good point as far as Damascus, who didn't have a great shooting night, Mm -mm. especially through the first, like, 30 minutes of that game. I think he might have been one for six, uh, a couple of turnovers. But he was able to still set guys up. Like, that was a beautiful play to hit Ty Rogers on the baseline. I just think he, he shows such patience. When he gets there inside the, the teeth of the defense, and if he draws attention, then he can find the open guy. Uh, and it's it's a matchup where you can hunt that. I think that I'll give credit to AJ Hogard with his strength. Like that's a strong, stout, six foot four guard who plays point guard. That they matched him up with Damask, and it wasn't where like okay, Damask can just easily back him from point A to point B right underneath the basket. But uh, yeah, those plays down the stretch, Damask had a couple tough shots, also. Some good passes. Gary A was right after Hogarth started to get going downhill. Yep. And then he had back-to-back takes to the rim. I think that's a very underrated part of Illinois' offense is now you have a four-man that can not only just be a catch-and-shoot guy and also a rebounder, but he is he's a lot better driver than I would have thought coming into this season. Like To have that in his, in his game where he can just 
pump fake from a from the top of the key or the corner and go all the way to the rim, either get fouled or finish, like you yep. said, with the left hand was is something that you got to be really skilled to do. And that's something that Illinois in the past, they've had a lot of, Jeremy and I were talking about this last night, they've had a lot of one-dimensional offensive players. Mm-hmm. Like Alfonso Plummer, now to his credit, if you're going to be, oh, yeah. be one-dimensional, it, it, <laughs> it helps to be a lead at it. <laughs> right. uh, Alfonso Plummer, a lights-out shooter. Big time. Uh, you know, DeMonte Williams really wasn't a, wasn't a driver, wasn't really a finisher at the rim. He had moments where he was a good shooter. Trent Frazier could go to the basket, but not really his strength. Uh, Jacob Grandison, much more of a spot up. Didn't have a lot of athleticism, but this team has more multi-positional skill. They're bigger guys that can shoot. And that too, yeah. And, and, And until Garrier got his hand fixed, I mean, you know, I always go back to this, that sometimes an injury... We don't realize how much it has an effect on somebody. Gary A had the hand in- mm-hmm. I- issue. Yep. Since that's been resolved, he has been knocking down threes. Well, now you have to – now you got you to gotta honor it. Yeah. So you got you to gotta charge out, and then that's where he can make that pump fake and go. Coleman Hawkins' dad tweeted out, you know, Coleman's doing this on one leg or whatever yeah. or something similar to that. Right. Well, he's looks healthy now, he does. and he's exploded. And obviously his role – for all of them, is having to step up by another five or six points with Terrence Shannon not there and a couple of more rebounds, et cetera. But, man, they're doing it, and I, I don't it's, – it's a fun team. It's a fun team, a really likable really team, team, and just such a mature group to handle all of this the way that they have. They yeah. have not look like a team that's distracted. They could have easily come out last night. I mean, when you're playing Michigan State, obviously that gets your attention. You know that Michigan State – one of their players calls it a must-win. Illinois just lost to Purdue. So I, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, well, you know, a lot of teams would have just walked into that building on FS1, 8 p.m., <laughs> home crowd, half asleep. I, I'm not saying that, but I think that with all the noise, the, the noise around Terrence this week really amplified with the temporary restraining order filed, the the speculation on what that ruling would be, whether he'd be back or not. I think it would be easy to get caught up in that. I mean, the guys were there today. That's true. They were so in Springfield obviously something today. that's been on their mind. Right. Uh, but this has not been a distracted basketball team, not a mentally and emotionally exhausted basketball team. They've been very tight-knit. And it's not just one guy answering the call. While Damascus had Amen. a handful of big-time outings, to show last night, did you look across the, the box score and you got five guys in double figures, each guy wow. stepping up and just adding to what they had already been doing. That's been great to see. And I give Coleman a lot of credit because Coleman not only deserves it, but he gets a lot of flack. Yeah, he does. And I think that he's dialed back on some of his mistakes, yeah. even though his emotions are still high. He, he, had, does, he wasn't questioning calls quite as bad. No. Did you see him lose his mind after that turnover that he yeah. – yeah. When he tried to pass to the mask, <laughs> he lost his marbles, man. But then, you know, he subs back in. And I'll get, I get—I will say, like, he hasn't allowed his emotions that sometimes look like they're about to run off right. the, the tracks that his play doesn't follow with it. I think earlier in the season, he kind of let those things go hand in hand a little bit too much. Okay, I know, I know we got to take a break so we can come back, play some sound, and then we want to hear Jordan Walker before we're out of here. I want to ask you this. Is Brad Underwood just the most relaxed dude in the world this year? Like, there's reasons for this, I think. And one of them is, one of them's credible. The other one is just kind of a dumb thought on my mind, which, as everybody knows, 
<laughs> I have plenty of those. Never heard of one of those. Correct. So the credible one is that he's playing with the veteran team. He trusts these guys. He understands that Damask and Garrier and Coleman and Harmon and on down the line are going to make the right choice. Luke Goody is a junior now. This isn't a bunch of young freshmen out there that he feels like he's got to be coaching at every second. He sits down. I think he and Tyler Underwood talk more during a game than they probably do all week. I feel like they just have, like, family discussions. There was one cutaway last night, Derek, where Tyler says something to nobody, and Brad is like, got his hands on his chin, and he's looking out in the court, and then he just does this weird look at Tyler like, what'd you say? Like, like Tyler all of a sudden was like, I'm going to buy the, that new car for, you know, 78000 and, and Brad's like, what? So I just, I feel like he doesn't, he doesn't feel like he has to be coaching all the time with this team. He trusts them. Mm-hmm. The second that's maybe a little bit out of there, out of the line, is that Brad has really taken a lot of heat the last couple of years for yelling, right? Fans are on him. Everybody's on him about, oh, he yells too much and never bothered me one bit. But I almost wonder if he just made it a pact with himself to say, you know what, I'm just, I'm, I'm just done with that. It's bothering everybody. I don't know why, but it's bothering everybody, and I'm just done, and I'm just going to stay. I mean, he, I don't feel like he gets on the refs. Like he used to. Tom Izzo still does. Tom still talks to him oh, every yeah. time down yeah. the court. But he I, was not happy about the officiating last no, night. No, he, he was. let that be known. There were a couple of I thought Illinois got the benefit of the officiating last night. I'll put it that way. There's been plenty of times where Illinois fans complain because the other team shot twenty two free throws and we only mm-hmm. shot six. I don't know what the official totals were, but it was around there. It was like yeah. twenty two to seven. So it was one of those deals where I think Illinois got the benefit. I don't but think I, the officials will, were horrible right. by any means, but I will say Illinois the way they're, they're playing more they're, they're more more physical yep. and they're not relying on so many threes. They they truly play inside out. <laughs> I saw that by <laughs> six five one. One reason Brad's relaxed is that there's not a six nine lunatic with unlimited talent chugging monsters. <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> Old Matt Myers. That's, that's a fair point. Oh, that's funny. But he okay, doesn't but, have a a freshman guard's parent threatening to oh, have him transfer if they don't. He doesn't start anymore, which uh, then he transfers anyway. Or another freshman guard's dad and trainers saying all this stuff, and then that player refuses to go back to into a game. So, I think the 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 context of like who's on this roster this year versus last year plays a big part in it. Huge. And Illinois will win more games this season than those two guys' programs will combine. Oh yeah, easy. Georgetown and Louisville. Illinois will have more wins than both those teams combined, probably. I would say that's a fair bet. I bet they're ahead now. I want to. I want to effort that. <laughs> yeah, I, I. I don't. I tell you what. It's just. It's it. It's fun. It's a fun team to watch. I know. I saw a text from our buddy Mike Carpenter, and he said this is one of the most likable Illini teams in years. And I agree with him. I totally agree with him on that. And. What is Illinois' record now? 12 and 3. So Louisville, let me guess, has five, no, six wins. Okay. And Georgetown has five. Georgetown has eight. Oh, They're dang eight it. and eight. And Louisville has six. So it's 14 to 12 right now. <laughs> so we're, we're down two. Uh, Sky and Jaden are in the lead. <laughs> but with conference play coming up. Louisville, according to Ken Palm, will be favored, or at least as projected, in one more basketball game the rest of the year. Wow. 
Imagine that. Well, I mean, I knew that. Yeah. I was scouring that at Georgetown is not projected to be favored in another game the entire season. Oh, we're going to win this thing. So, <laughs> Illinois should win. Illinois is getting plus money right now in this. You know Go what's crazy? Bet now. Illinois is only favored to be an underdog, or favored to be an underdog. That's stupid. Uh, <laughs> is only projected as an underdog in two games the rest of this regular season, at Michigan State and at Wisconsin. Wow. And so a favorite against Purdue. Yeah. One home. point favorite, Ken Palm, uh, Courtney Ken Palm. Yeah. Uh, which is definitely in Lon's favorites on oh, 4 his laptop. Usually. Yep. And usually. his phone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bill says Brad put last year's team together. Who should have been blamed? I, I mean, I, he'll, t- he'll I tell mean, you he, that. I think he did get plenty of blame. Yeah. And I think he would tell you it is it's, my fault. It's both sides of it. Like, yep. He also deserves a lot of credit for putting this team together he had his stamp all over this Whoa. roster he said i know exactly what i want yep marcus damask was in the portal for a week or maybe two weeks his first visit was to illinois and illinois pushed heavy to close that and they could have said you know he wasn't marcus damask i'm not talking about his appearances but uh he's not he wasn't like the sexiest Mm-mm. addition out there in the portal he illinois could have said there, there's bigger fish you know maybe these other guys who there's always a lot of rumors in the offseason of, of, oh, this guy's going to hit the portal after coming back from the NBA draft, and this guy could do it. Illinois could have said, we're going to play it patient. We're going to swing for a bigger yeah. a bigger fish. And Damascus could have ended up in Wisconsin or Notre Dame. I was shocked he wasn't to Wisconsin. Right. But Illinois showed from the very get-go, Brad said, I want him. Let's get it done. And they did. Quincy Garrier, as soon as he – he was in the portal for literally like – 48 hours, and then he was on campus at Illinois, and then by the end of the visit, he was committed. Like, Mm. and then Justin Harmon looks like a really nice addition as well. So, I'd love to know who, and maybe it was Brad, who on that staff identified and said first, "I want Marcus Damask." Can you find that out? Would they tell you that? I heard it was Brad. Oh, okay, maybe it was. I bet he was watching some random Thursday night SIU. Indiana State game last year, and Damask went for like 18, and Brad's like, that guy would be perfect for me. You know, because he had the one dude, Thomas, Thomas Walkup. Walk up. Yep. And, and Damask has those similarities. And we're all human, right? If, if something in your life was, you know, like, well, I had a truck like that, and it was really good, so I want to buy another truck, looks just similar to that. I, I bet he looked at that one night, eating a little bit of popcorn and, and having a drink on his – couch and he's like I, I want that dude if he goes into the portal I could see that yeah and I surely you know they have usually you know Tyler and Zach Hamer are big in terms of like the initial process of when a guy hits the portal cutting up film and putting together right. putting something on Brad's desk for him to look at not that you know a guy in your state who scored 1600 career points I'm sure that Brad was familiar with him yeah and maybe had seen him some but I think as soon as Brad really dug in and watched him, he was like, I want him, period. I like, I, that's it. Uh, big def on the U of I yeah, line. I want to comment line. on this. Brad got a talking to from Josh on the yelling after the Mark Smith investigation, didn't he? Might might have gotten another one in this offseason. Either way, I absolutely noticed improvement. Is that true? I mean, he was investigated after the Mark Smith thing, and I think he was probably told to to chill a little bit. I just, I know that Josh Whitman is his boss. I would be very disappointed if Josh Whitman is telling Brad Underwood how to do his job. Right, 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 right. 
Um, I, I, I would not be happy if Josh Whitman came to me as Brad Underwood and said, hey, I really want you to tone it down. I'd be like, excuse me? Yeah. I, 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 I'm 100%. Yeah. I respect Josh Whitman by a thousand but he's never coached college basketball. Of course. And everybody's got their own style. If he's going to yell at Brad for doing that, then yell at Lovey for not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he did. Maybe he's like, Lovey, you got to show me something. Fire up. Do something instead of just standing there. He said, I'm saving it for week 18 in Indianapolis <laughs> so I can give the Bears a present back, right. which is the first pick in the draft. And you guys are just winning and winning. Like, that's a gift that keeps on oh, giving, man. Clark. Lovey Smith gave you the best Christmas gift ever because you're just going to turn these ones into more ones into more ones into more ones. It's unbelievable. What Perfect. The, what has happened? I do not think that anything was said to Brad this offseason. Okay. I think it's totally how comfortable and confident he is in the guys in that own, that own locker room. I think he – Loves the fact that the personalities blend. Yeah. He loves that there's a maturity about it. And there's there's a selflessness about this team that last year's team did not have. Got so it. I think that he just hasn't had to push that button. So then you just haven't seen it as much. Where last year, they had oh. so many sleepy starts. Oh. And just a lot of just extra I, stuff. There were games I just didn't want to watch. I was yeah. just like, this is ugly. So... He was more on edge last year for good reason. And he's always going to be someone that if he doesn't feel like you're giving your best effort, it's his job to call it out. Absolutely. No matter no matter what your coaching style is, your job is to get the most effort and the most production and to maximize the potential of your players. Yep. People do it in different ways. Is he more maybe in your face and saying some bad words as yeah. opposed to some other coaches? I guess so, but... Then again, it's happened for years and years and yep. years, and some people like that that style. Like it worked for Kofi, it worked for Io, yep. uh, Trent Sal, Frazier, and on, Sal on down the line. Sal mentions the obscenities. Jim O'Brien from Ohio State was the worst coach I ever heard sitting behind the bench. The other one was Bill Carmody. Oh, really? At Northwestern. Oh, it was Jim O'Brien was an f bomb every third word. Wow. Whether it was towards the officials, his own team his assistants, or himself. I think I heard him F-bomb <laughs> himself one night. Of course, he was the guy when I told you in the Big Ten tournament, uh, uh, Illinois had like zero fouls and Ohio State had six. And he stood there and he looked at his assistants and he's like, guys, do you see how great of a coach Bill Self is and how great of a staff they are? Because they teach their kids not to foul. They have zero fouls right now and we have six fouls. Can you, can you imagine if we were that good at coaching and our kids were that – and Ed Hightower, the great Ed Hightower, was standing about 15 feet from him, and he's like, Jim. And O'Brien just kept going, just as loud as he could on a, in a really quiet over at Indy at the Big Ten tournament. He just kept going, do you know how great they are about how their kids don't – and finally Ed goes, Jim, Jim. And Jim O'Brien turns around to Ed and goes, Ed, I don't have to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of it Jim went and sat down and Ed, Ed just sat there chomping his whistle oh it was God. one of the coolest uh, whatever exchanges, that is exchanges yeah. I've ever seen in my life and it was just I Chris Woodlick and I the old the old he's not old the channel three guy and I we were laughing so hard when that ended it was awesome it was awesome all right I, I want to hear Jordan Walker let's get to Jordan Walker let's yeah. do that I'm excited we? for that one I got it queued up Right after this break, let's hear from 
Oh, 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 hey, good call. What? Kevin O'Neill. I'm sorry, not oh. Bill Carmody. My fault on that. I was going to say, Bill Carmody, yeah, that, that no, surprises me a little bit. That was my fault. I, I, I see Kevin O'Neill, kind of the bald head and everything, but I, I mentioned, thank you, Muhammad listener. Yeah, that was my totally my fault. Kevin O'Neill. I'm tired. I'm tired. As <laughs> I want to well. hear. I didn't get. I didn't get a chance to hear your interview with Jordan Walker. Yeah. I want to hear it. Bill from Troy. The lesson Brad needs to needs is to recruit this type of guy. I mean, Ty's that type of guy. Yeah. Uh, coming in, Merez Ooh. is that type of guy. Like Amani Hansberry, definitely that type of guy. But, yeah. Hogard talked. Man, he was talking crap. Hey, Merez Johnson. Many times? By the way. Coleman pointed to their bench or stared on their no. bench. No, oh man, he he is an instigator. But <laughs> when it's going well, you love having that guy on your team. He he gets under people's skin, and you can tell. Oh oh, uh, Marez Johnson made the uh, United States team against the world. What, yeah, what, what, what it's is the it? uh, the Nike Hoop Summit that they put together, and they put together a a world team and a USA team, and twelve guys selected. Marez Johnson, Got one it. of those. That's and two kids going to Rutgers. Yeah, Harper man. and Ace Ace Bailey. He is good. Oh. Andrew had highlights of him going the other night. I, I, was, I stopped by the house. I'm like, who's this dude? He's like, Ace Bailey is going to Rutgers. He's 6'9 and makes every shot. Dude. I don't care if it's inside, outside, half court, left-handed. Too. Oh, he you if you haven't seen Ace Bailey, go to YouTube and watch him. I hope we play Rutgers once next year. <laughs> <laughs> He's really good. They're going to be a lot better next year. Yeah. That's for sure. Yes. If you want to weigh in, you can. 217-359-2255 on the U of I Atlanta League text line. Jordan Walker coming up next. Let's go. Excited for that. I think I did a good job. This is The Drive. Hey, where are you headed? To Kelsey Furniture in Tuscola. What do they have there? What don't they have there? Living room furniture, benches, chests, love seats, sectionals, tables, bedroom sets, hutches, nightstands, end tables, cabinets, mirrors, stools, clocks, lamps, pillows, rugs, desks, media consoles, patio furniture, Tempur-Pedic mattresses, and more. So, everything. Yeah, probably could have uh, just said that. Kelsey Furniture, quality for less. Ready for some much-needed pampering and girl time? We've got just the place. Call to schedule your very own private girls' night out at Merle Norman Cosmetics Studio. We're talking express facials, makeovers, and personalized beauty tips. Our masters of makeup will give you and your friends a chance to find the right foundation, learn what works for your skin, and rock some hot new looks. Call and book now at 217-359-8100 at Merle Norman. Find us on social media at Merle Norman Cosmetics Champagne. I'm Justin Ike, co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. So, Justin, tell me what you see as typical when it comes to sewer repair. Give me a scenario. Your sewer's backed up, and somebody comes along and says, you need this repair for X amount of dollars. Here's my price. And you don't think to go looking for another company or a second opinion because you don't feel like you have time. So is it possible that you might get charged a little more because it's kind of a desperate moment? Do some companies do that? Oh, absolutely they will. They know you're in a pinch. Typically, if you call us, me or Will can be out there within an hour to look at that problem for you. Whether you call me first or you call me second, make sure you give me a call. Anything else, Justin? You can always trust Fred's. Great to know. Thank you. That's Justin Ike, the co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. If you want more information about this great 45-year family-owned company, just go to fredscu.com. That's fredscu.com. 
Back on the drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Let's get to my one-on-one with Jordan Walker, the rising star for the St. Louis Cardinals. Had a really nice rookie year last year. Was only 20 years old when he's on the opening day roster. On the season, 117 games, 276 average, a 787 OPS, 16 home runs, 51 RBIs. He did get briefly sent down to AAA, so first month of the season, which, of course, everybody remembers the 12-game hit streak that he starts off the year with, which is the second longest of anybody to start a career. Eddie Murray, I believe, is 21 games, still holds the record, but Jordan being second on that list is pretty darn impressive. Um, And then also he gets sent down there in May, comes back in June, lights it up in June after getting called back up. I think that... It got in his crawl a little bit to get sent down, and, and he wasn't uh, the most happy about that, but he understood it as a young guy. Comes back, I think he hit like 338 in June, included a 17-game hit streak that month, and it also finished up really nicely. Last month of the year was hitting over 300 as well. So uh, I asked him about building on what he did last year, how the offseason's been going, and just picking his brain about a variety of different things. Had a, a really awesome time catching up with him. He's a He's a great dude, super nice, and uh, Cardinals fans should be really excited that he's one of theirs. So uh, let's get to that right now. Here is Jordan Walker. Derek Piper here at Cardinals Caravan. Jordan Walker, the uh, up-and-coming star for the Cardinals. Welcome to Champaign. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for having me here. Uh, you, how's the offseason going for you? Coming off a, a nice year for yourself. No, it's great, man. Um, I'm out there working out in Florida. Um, I think it's just nice because I have all the you know help, the Cardinals help I can out there uh, since our spring training facility is out there. So any coach, whether it's defensive, offensive, strength coaches, I have everything I need out there. And I'm right, right around the corner from the facility. So it's, it's a pretty good time. Weather just a little bit better down there than it is up here? A, a, a lot better, but, you know, it's, it's whatever. I'm still having a good time up here, man, for sure. How are you feeling coming off that season that you had, your debut season with the Cardinals? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got my feet wet, man. I'm glad I experienced it. Um, I, I definitely knew what I need to work on this offseason. I've been working on it, so uh, I'm feeling pretty good and pretty excited for this upcoming season in 2024. As you think back to that opening day, obviously there was a lot of hype and a lot of Cardinals fans were pulling for you to be on that opening day roster. What what do you remember about the emotions, just that moment for yourself? Of course, you got your first career hit that day. Absolutely, yeah. It was surreal man surreal um you know just seeing the fans you know cheering you on things like that there's no better feeling than that there's no better feeling so um you know having them behind me definitely helped me you know get over some nerves and things like that and you know playing for you know uh, st louis it's just no better feeling for sure you hit the ground running with that 12 game hit streak was that confirmation for yourself i know you're a confident guy right. but you're like okay i belong here i can do this right and, uh, and i always feel like i belong in the league and there's just things that i need to learn so um you know having the veterans there like goldschmidt and arenado and and Willie were really helpful for me. And so, you know, I felt like I could belong, but there's definitely stuff I needed to work on, and, and those are the guys to go to if I needed anything. I know you're from Georgia, just outside of Atlanta. Did you grow up a Braves fan? I did grow up a Braves yeah. fan, but not anymore, man. <laughs> not anymore, for sure. Well, as you know, your first career home run came against the Braves. Yes, so how did that feel? Oh, I felt pretty good. If, uh, <laughs> I honestly wouldn't have had it any other way, to be honest, for sure. Um, you mentioned Goldie and Nato. Yeah. Just what do you take from them as you were around them throughout the season? Man, they're dedicated, man. They, they know what 
what it takes to work. They know what it takes, you know, be in the, you know, hall. I want to say, you know, I, I, I want, they're going to be in the Hall of Fame. They're Hall of Fame players right now. And so seeing the worth ethic, ethic I think, you know, early on in my career, I'm, I'm really lucky to see that, you know. I know, now I know what it takes to be a Hall of Fame player. I watch them. I can talk to them if I want to learn something, you know what I'm saying. And my goal is the Hall of Fame. And those are the guys to have on your team if you want to do it. So um, I think I'm just really blessed to have them on the team and learn from them. And I'm, I want to do as much as I can. It was unique for you. You had a big league at bat before a triple A at bat. <laughs> right. So w- when you get up there to the big leagues, what, what's different about the MLB pitching when you see it on an everyday basis as opposed to when you're coming up in the minors? Yeah, they miss a lot less, for sure. They miss a <laughs> lot less in the big leagues, and that's just something that I had to get adjusted to, and I still have to get adjusted to. And I think that's the biggest thing. They miss a lot less, make a lot less mistakes, so i got to be I'm, I'm more on point with my offensive standpoint. You got optioned to triple A after the first month. How did you handle that? Uh, how were you able to, I mean, you were back in a, a following month and had a great June. Well, how did you handle that, and what did you work on to be able to get yourself back on the club? Yeah, man, it was an uh, interesting time for me. Um, you know, so obviously, you know, it wasn't what I wanted, but, you know, I still had things, you know, I learned from. You know, I was good to see my uh, Memphis teammates again, everything like that. Uh, you see more at-bats, uh, more consistent at-bats, just a few things to work on with my swing and everything like that. But once I got, you know, comfortable and things like that, I, I felt I felt pretty good. Uh, honestly, yeah, I don't have much to say about it, in all honesty. It's just part of the game. Do you have any, outside of the opening day, any particular moments that really stand out about last year that, that you um, hang on to? Yeah, man, just team moments. Uh, I remember Aaron Otto's 300. That was, you know, pretty pretty sick. Um, and then Wayno's, I mean, yeah, that, the end that went. I, I know it was a hard-fought <laughs> battle. Um, it was like, a, I think, one nothing game. But yeah. I mean, uh, when uh, Tommy caught the final out, it was just, it was just unbelievable. I was super excited, for sure. I know one that comes to mind for me. In, in July, you were Miami Marlins, uh, ninth inning. Oh, you yeah. hit that big home run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it just felt like a, a clutch moment. They're like, right. okay, this this right. is a big big one for his career. How, how was that one? Oh, no, it felt pretty good. Uh, it was like a home run. I didn't want uh, to believe that the game was over quite yet because, you know, it was things like that. But, you know, it's it, it something like, uh, for me to learn. I, in that clutch moment, I got to learn, you know, what I need to do and things like that. So it's definitely a good learning experience for me. I wanted to ask you, uh, who can hit one further, you or Nato? <sighs> Probably Nato right now. I'm not going to lie. Probably Nato right now, but at some point in my career, it will be me, I feel like. You sure. know, uh, last year, the, the stats say you hit the furthest one last year, 444 really? against okay. Miami, and okay. he had 430. So okay. you, you got him last year if yeah. you didn't know that. Maybe, I, I don't know. I maybe got him last year. We'll, we'll see how this year turns out for yeah. sure. For sure. Uh, who is the toughest pitcher you face? Gosh, I would probably say uh, closer from the Twins, Duran. His stuff's pretty good. I, I, that was probably the bat where I just felt kind of the most like kind of lost in the play. I don't want to say that, but like because we, we look at him, we, we see when he throws, but it's you know it's a lot different when you get in you get in there and see it for sure. So I think you know just stuff wise and where he pitched me, I think you know that he was probably the toughest pitcher I faced. Did you ever face Wayno any like inner squad stuff or anything like that? Nah, I did not. <laughs> um, there's a lot of trash talk on like between him and some other players on the team who didn't get to face him. So uh, I and I couldn't watch it either. I think I was hitting off of somebody else when he would be pitching, but I missed my chance, unfortunately. How would you describe just being around him in his final season? He's a good dude, man. Um, he's always looking out for us, especially you know the young guys as well. He took us under his wing, um, made sure we had everything we needed, but it, it's just you know, we're definitely going to miss him. Definitely going to miss him you know, on the team and having him around and everything like that. I know there's always a lot of focus 
focus on the plate, but you in the outfield, how, how is that going in terms of your, your progress and what you're learning from after your first year? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely different out there, man. And uh, I, I'm working with Shea, our defensive coordinator, or defensive, like, he just knows everything defense, man. He works with Mason on his uh, infield. He's working with me on the outfield. So, yeah, I'm down for it. I'm working with him right now. Definitely getting uh, better at my jumps and things like that, reading the ball off of that. Stuff that, you know, I wasn't all that good at last year. I want to be better at this year for sure. I want to ask you, you know, obviously last season didn't go the way you guys wanted as a team. Uh, what have you sensed? I know you'll probably get a better one when you get down to spring training, but just the vibe around the guys wanting to, to obviously have a lot better year and, and yeah. do what you think you guys are capable of. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's always the goal. I, I yeah. that, that has nothing changed. Everybody still wants to win. Everybody's having, you know, smiles on my face. I've seen, this is the first time I'm seeing some of my teammates uh, since the season. And, you know, we all have the same goal in mind. Nothing's changed. What are some specifics that you're working on uh, in terms of trying to improve year one to year two? Oh, uh, as I said, the outfield, better jumps, better reads. Um, uh, probably just also better awareness as well. My awareness was not that good. But right now, I'm really think, uh, focusing on the jumps and the reads. Uh, and then hitting-wise, I have some stuff I'm working on right now. I don't really want to talk about it too much as of right now because I'm not quite certain if I want to incorporate that or not. I don't want to give you any false yeah. information. Yeah, we don't want opposing pitchers listening to this and uh, getting the, the keys on that. Well, also that too, that too, that too, I guess, yeah. Uh, Cardinals fans, what have you noticed about them, just the, the way they've embraced you, um, just the big following they have and, and what that's been like to, to be involved with that? Man, there's, there's, I think there's no better fan base, honestly. Um, they really welcome you no matter what. So for me, first year, when I was doing well, they were cheering for me, but even when I was doing, doing poorly, telling me to keep my head up, things like that, still had my back. That's all that really matters, you know, even when things aren't going so well for the team, struggled a little bit, didn't really, you know, feel hatred from the city or anything like that. So that's why I really enjoy about the Cardinals fans. Basically, always will have your back no matter what. Great stuff, Jordan. Appreciate the time. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. We all have a mission in life, something that drives us to explore, to grow, to love. And when we discover it, we're made whole. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. We're here for you on your schedule to make your life just a little bit easier. Whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org mission. Kelsey Furniture in downtown Tuscola sells Tempur-Pedic beds. What's it like? I'm going to tell you right now, Stevie, that that thing is the best thing I've ever slept on in my life. My wife and I both have said we've never had better night's sleep. And the people at Kelsey's were fantastic. Brian is the guy that helped us. You know, as much as I did my research, he has a world of knowledge about beds themselves. Oh, man, it's like sleeping on a cloud, man. Kelsey Furniture, downtown Tuscola. Illini fans, taste what's special about Jets Pizza by ordering any of their specialty pizzas for $5 off. That's right, save $5 on all specialty pizzas like the barbecue chicken pizza, chicken grill to perfection, premium mozzarella cheese, bacon, red onion, and BBQ sauce. All piled onto Jets' amazing crust made from dough they make fresh every day. There's also their super special all-meaty chicken bacon ranch and more, all $5 off. Make your day special and order a Jets specialty pizza for $5 off. Relax. Call 
Champaign County Sheriff's Deputy Alex James, our Law Enforcement Official of the Month, uh, brought to you by MX Electric. Yes. Well, how do you get the Unity High School Resource Officer with the kids every day, and why do you love that? I came from Moreau Forsyth. At Moroa, I grew up with a school resource officer there. Hmm. Still today, him and I are really good hmm. friends, we, and I just thought he was the coolest guy ever. And whenever this position opened up, I was like, you know what? That would be really cool to do. Because you admired a resource officer. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So you might be having the same impact on kids today. Exactly. So when I came to the sheriff's office, I saw it was a position available that we do. Being an SRO, I stepped in this position, you know, thinking of the uh, of the times when I was a kid, and it just, it fulfills everything I imagined. Awesome. It, it is so cool. Relax. Call Back on the drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. My mind is blown. Why is that? Bill from Troy, who all my life I've thought he was from Troy, Illinois. Uh-huh. He says he lives 178 miles from the Canadian border. What are you, in Minnesota? Maybe. North Dakota? Wisconsin? Wisconsin? Minnesota. <laughs> We're going to do all these bad accents. <laughs> we did find out, like... I should have oh, known this. Yes. Oh, we said it earlier, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we said it earlier. Yeah, my mind is Packy shot. Norton. From Boston. Uh, from He's the he's the nephew from Boston. From <laughs> what's, Boston. The, what's that beer or whatever? Oh, uh, Sam Adams? <laughs> yeah, Sam Adams. Yeah. You know when your uncle or your cousin Charlie comes from Boston? <laughs> uh, that I was, just had a uh, senior moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, we learned you this totally today. Did. Like, we literally talked about oh, this my gosh. two hours ago. Derek. Uh, Randy, Randy says, good luck, Derek. Fill your gas tank. Have your emergency bag ready in case the baby comes. Haley was Thank there you. today. I appreciate that. She was. She is a beautiful girl. I appreciate it. And you. she looked just as beautiful today, but she is ready. She's ready, yeah. <laughs> that belly. No that belly. I asked her, I Not said, much room left. when you get rid of your belly, can I get rid of mine? Like, <laughs> She's, and then we both started laughing. I'm like, I bet if I didn't drink for nine months, she goes, I bet it would work. Yep. That was great. No, that interview you had was awesome. Thank and you, Jordan Walker's good. I told you after it got done and we went to commercial, I'm like, you got to have two to play the game. And he's really good. He's fun. He's great. He just, he, he talks with a smile on his face. Everybody mm. knows somebody that talks with a smile on their face. That's Jordan Walker. 100%. Yeah, just a great personality and, and just positive energy. Mm. Uh, and look, you he should have that. He's probably, you know, living his dream. He's yeah. 21 years old. He's one of the prized possessions of the St. Louis Cardinals. Had a pretty nice year last year, but Cardinals fans should be really, really excited because not only is he a great talent, just seems like a great dude. And oh. uh, they're playing Mario Kart. They said that today uh, in the bus, <laughs> the bus ride over, you know, thinking like these are still like young college age kids, ridiculous. especially Walker and uh, 
Vic, Victor. Victor, yeah. Victor Scott. How do I keep forgetting his name? Oh, it's, uh, it's, but, yeah, they're playing Mario Kart. Uh, Palante's <laughs> the one that brought it, though. So we learned that from the caravan. Just Stevie fun dudes J, to be around. Stevie had to go buy a – Victor knew what it was. Like a converter? Yeah, a converter or something for them to be able to <laughs> add more people or something. I, Stevie's like, I had to go buy a converter for him. I'm like, did you really? That was awesome. That was fun, though. Shout out to Stevie J for all his work to, to get this so thing put on that. and – Everything in terms of the mic and whatnot, he yep. he does a great job in those. And, and Diane does everything oh, yeah. behind the scenes. Absolutely. It's amazing. Yep. Stevie is built for stuff like that. He loves it. And Chip Carey was good, Brad Thompson. So we we have other interviews. You interviewed Chip Carey. Chip Carey. I interviewed Brad Thompson, Victor Scott, and Andre Palante. So we'll play those as we go along and as kind of maybe we get – well, I want to hear Chip and Brad next week, maybe. We should. And then maybe we'll hold Palante and Scott and those guys for when we get closer to the season. So Yeah, hey. and Chip had some good stories. I bet. Of course, I mean, he's the grandson of oh, Harry Carey goodness. and son of Skip Carey, who had a nice career in broadcasting as well. I would love to sit down with, Ch- with Chip, Car- uh, Chip Carey and have a beer. And just 100%. I bet he could tell stories that were crazy. Are we going to hear Brad? I'm, I'm sitting there talking too much. Can we hear like six Yeah, let's hear a little bit of Brad Underwood. Yeah, let's do Big win last night over Sparty. Here's your Atlanta head coach as we finish out this show and this hour. Let's uh, get you that this as week. we go into the weekend. Then we got to drink. Yep, we got to. Well, I mean, that. we got to hit the drink, but, but then actually drink too. <laughs> yep, I'll say it. I'll say it. Brad Underwood. Uh, just a just a uh, maybe not the prettiest game we've played, um, especially in comparison to our last game here at home uh, against Northwestern. Um, I'm really, really happy and pleased with our guys. We have, we have literally had uh, uh, the bug, whatever it is, go go through us. Um, we we our, our buy hit at the right time. Um, you know, Ty was sick at uh, at, at Purdue. Uh, had 103 degree fever the next day, and then it just kind of went through us with Luke, uh, Draven. Uh, Nico, uh, or not Nico, uh, Q. I mean, we've had multiple guys uh, with it, so uh, including me. So <clears throat> um, we didn't do much. We kind of had to get back and compete here for a couple days. Uh, we did kind of what we ex- expected them to do, put Manny Sissoko on, on Ty. I thought Ty was really, really aggressive in the first half and, and in a really good place. Um, we've seen that so much, um, you know, unless I guess you're seven, five and named Zach Eady, it hasn't worked very well for the most part. Ty was super efficient. Uh, but, um, uh, again, I, it was, it was a choppy app. I thought we got good shots. I thought we, we missed some clean ones that we've been making. Um, but we found a way to the paint. We found a way to the foul line. Um, <clears throat> I thought Marcus had a quiet night. And it's 15, 6, and 5. And uh, so, uh, you know, Luke was very good on the offensive glass. I thought Coleman, uh, you know, he, Coleman just finds his way. He lets the game come to him. And, and uh, when he does that, he's, he's, he's a hell of a player. But uh, uh, I think the other thing is we, we knew Hogard, we knew Tyson were going to shoot a lot of balls. I think they shot 36 or 37 balls tonight between them. Uh, we didn't foul them. That was a big point of emphasis, trying to keep them off the foul line. Um, and, uh, you know, for the most part, um, 
you know, I thought we guarded them pretty well. We did what we had to do late, which was get stops and rebound. Uh, and that's how you win kind of a ugly, hard-fought game. <clears throat> Brad, building off that, you haven't had a lot of close games in these wins uh, so far this season. W what did your team show you late in the game? What can you learn from being pushed like that? Well, other than a couple loose balls that we didn't come up clean with, um, defensively, I thought we, we made every shot tough. Um, I thought we, we gang rebounded. I thought that um, we got the right guys shooting the basketball. I mean, we wanted to get, you know, Marcus in a, I mean, he's a 90% free throw shooter. Um, you know, put him in a position. Uh, we ran a little action to try to get Coleman a pick and pop off a, you know, kind of a step up ball screen. They actually guarded it, but uh, Marcus did a great job of getting downhill against Malik and and getting a foul call. Um, so it's um, uh, patience. There was no panic, and and we just got the ball to the right guys in the, in the right spots. <clears throat> Brad, you guys have, I think people on the outside would be surprised at how good you've been offensively when you lose, when you don't have an All-American guard. But what has it been about this team that allows them to be so good offensively, even without a Terrence Shannon? There's, there's a lot of factors in that. And, and obviously, you know, we were, we were making the push towards, towards booty ball, um, for lack of a better term, with Ty and, and, and Marcus. Um, you know, early and and uh, but I think you know everybody's finally started to see that Coleman's a really really good shooter. Um, Luke, uh, we're starting to see the the maturity and growth of Justin Harmon playing at this level. Um, you know, I thought defensively tonight. By the way, he was spectacular. But um, but you know, I think it's just just the connectivity, playing in space, um, and and we've been able to create a lot of space. So. Um, yeah, it's you know we're maybe not as efficient in transition and, and effective. It becomes a little more grinded out, but uh, we're we're kind of built for that as well. That is Brad Underwood. Let's go. Speaking about last night's game, I'm sure we're going to hear from Stevie J here in a handful of seconds, <laughs> as we always do. I promised we were going to get better at hitting these right on the mark. So yeah, we, we as we do this. <laughs> How about after Stevie does his remarks, we finish with a drink. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. That's who can we do it? All right, anytime, Steve.